All right, here's one for all the hot ladies out there. And the ugly ones, too. There's a lot of ways of saying what I want to say to you. There's songs and poems and promises and dreams that might come true. But I won't talk of starry skies or moonlight on the ground. I'll come right in and tell you I would love to lay you down. I said, lay you down and softly whisper, pretty lovers in your ear, make me a sandwich. Lay you down and tell you all the things a big girl loves to hear. I made you a sandwich and I'll let you know how much it means having your big butt around. Oh, darling, I'd sure love if you'd slim down. Now there's so many ways your sweet love's made this house into a home. You got a way of doing lots of things that piss me off. Like standing in the kitchen in your faded cotton gown. With your hair all up in curlers, not sure if I want to lay you down. I said, lay you down and softly whisper, pretty lovers in your ear. Roll Lay you down and tell you all the things a big girl hates to hear. Get off of me! I'll let you know how much it means having your big butt around. Oh, darling, I'd sure love to lay you down. Now in a whole lot of Decembers are showing in your face. Y'all burn hair is faded, Lord, and silver takes its place. Well, you'll be just as ugly, but I'll still be big and round and brown. And if I can, I know that I'd sure love to lay you down. I said, lay you down and softly whisper, pretty lovers in your ear. I'm done. Lay you down and tell you all the things a woman loves to hear. Money's on the dresser, and I'll let you know how much it means having you around. Oh, darling, I would love to lay you down. Let's take it on down. I said, lay you down and softly whisper, pretty lovers in your ear. Lay you down and tell you all the things a woman loves to hear. And I'll let you know how much it means having you around. Oh, darling, I would love to lay you down. Yes, darling, I'd sure love to lay you down. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Matt hanging out with you here on the podcast. That is my buddy Vince Moreno and his rendition of a country classic. Uh, Vince, so incredibly funny, but so incredibly talented. I mean, one of the best musicians I've ever seen and such a great voice, but that guy is unbelievable. That's the reason I wanted to have him on this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. As Bruce said, I'm coming to you in the opening of this thing from the West Fist Studios here. My gym, Northeast Oklahoma. Uh, and inevitably, every single weekend, somebody says something about the gym and the, the logo and where can I get a t-shirt. Well, it's pretty simple, guys. If you follow the gym on Instagram, West Fit OK 
at WestFitOK on Instagram. There's a link in there. Or better yet, just go to mattwestnow.com. There's a link to the gym. You can get all the WestFit gear. We're thinking about maybe even doing a podcast t-shirt. So if you have any ideas for the the podcast t-shirt, let me know because we're thinking about throwing one or two or three or a couple of them up there online and, and see how they do. See how many of you are actually listening to the podcast. So uh, as I said, I'm here at the gym a couple of days off here after a big weekend in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Congratulations to Mason Taylor. Congratulations to all the guys that are, are continuing to have a great season in 2019. Big weekend in Sioux Falls, not just because of the bull riding, but because I got to hang out with a bunch of buddies and watch WrestleMania. That's right. It's the biggest Sunday evening of the year in pro wrestling and uh Pretty cool hanging out with a bunch of friends watching WrestleMania. That's right. I said it, and I caught a lot of grief for it. I caught a lot of flack from old buddy J-Dub. If you watch the uh, episodes on Ride Pass, then you know, man, they were they were talking smack. But I'm a huge wrestling fan. Um, dove back into the world of collecting action figures. That's right. I said it. Hey, roommate Dave, hand me that one right there. Yeah, that one. No, the one right over there. Yep, that one. So... Roommate Dave just handed me maybe the 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 greatest thing I've ever purchased, um, a 1984 LJN Hulk Hogan action figure. That's right, 1984. Taking it back, I had this one as a kid. I used it to cut teeth. It was my teething ring back in the day. The rubber kind of almost, you know, yeah, I mean, rubber. It, it's what I cut my teeth on. So you could say, essentially, I cut my teeth on pro wrestling. But I found this one the other day in Columbus, Ohio, picked it up, and now it is displayed prominently in my office here at the gym. But enough about that. The best part about Sioux Falls was the chance to do a little bit of good and try to give back. You know, if you've been following the news and the weather and everything crazy that's been happening with those big winter storms up there, South Dakota, Nebraska, and all the farmers and ranchers that have lost so much of their livelihood, PBR did something really cool here not too long ago, and they sent out rescue airplanes, helicopters. They had boots on the ground, everything that that they could do to try to help all those folks that have been affected by these crazy storms. And so, you know, they set up a fun um, PBR.com slash rescue, I believe. Don't uh, don't quote me on that, but you can always go to my social media or you can uh, log on to PBR.com to find out the exact link, but I'm pretty positive that's what it is. We did a, a charity cornhole tournament. We threw it together in about three days. Um, I blasted it on my social media, and thank you to all of you that shared it that helped try to get the word out there. We raised a couple thousand bucks. And, you know, while a lot of people kind of make fun of the idea of, well, Matt's having a cornhole tournament, you know what? We raised a couple grand to try to help some people while everybody else were off was off doing whatever they were doing. So everybody that showed up, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you guys have no idea how much that means to me. Uh, and, and hopefully we can do a little good in the world. We're going to try to do a lot more good in the world over – the course of 2019, but I'll talk more about that as we uh, continue through these these episodes. Um, speaking of episodes, man, if you missed last week's episode with Dan James of Double Dan Horsemanship and my buddy Brad Narducci, go back and listen to it. It is the most feedback I've gotten from any of these podcasts. I had so many people text me or call me or DM me on social media and say they had to pull over because they were laughing so stinking hard. I just posted the photo, the infamous 
horse that Brad Narducci created in his mind that will now live in the home of the family of Dan James. And, and you guys, it is the most ridiculous piece of art I've ever seen in my life. It was so bad, I had to censor, censor it with the uh, podcast logo on, on my social media, Matt L. West. So check that out. Um, if uh, Seriously, if you haven't listened to the podcast, go back and listen to it because those guys are so, so funny. And uh, I want to share them with the rest of the world. So um, speaking of podcasts and feedback, if, if you guys are listening and you enjoy what we're doing, do me a favor, subscribe. That way it pops straight onto your phone. You don't have to mess with anything. Um, when you subscribe, just give me a five-star rating. That's right. I'm not asking for four or three or two or one. I mean, unless you think that's what we deserve, but you know, drop that little five-star rating in there. Give us a review right in there. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see in the future, but give us a review because those ratings, those reviews, those subscriptions, those are what help us climb the ladder and get the word out to more and more people. Speaking of getting the word out, uh, one more shameless little plug. If you're listening to the podcast, screenshot it, post it on social media, whether it's your Twitter, whether it's your Instagram story, if it's Facebook, whatever it is, but screenshot that you're listening to the podcast, tag me in it so that I can share it, repost it, any of that stuff and continue to just get the word out there because I want this thing to continue to be, uh, as much fun as it's been. And I want more and more people to come uh, take advantage of me getting to introduce some really, really cool people to uh, the people that are listening. And you know what? It's fun for me. It's one of the funnest things I've ever had a chance to do. So I really enjoy it and I don't want to ever stop it now that I've started it. Um, so yeah, screenshot it, put it out there, tag me in it. Let me know what you think. Um, that being said, you heard in the beginning of this, Vince and his rendition of a country classic. If you want to hear good country music, I hear people talk all the time. And I just watched the ACMs or whatever it was this past weekend. People complain all the time about country music and there's not any country music left. Well, here's what you do. You go look up Vince Moreno on iTunes, on Facebook, everything. Buy his music. He's got a, a brand new single out right now that is one of my favorite songs and I'm not just saying that because he's my buddy I'm saying it because it is a great great tune and uh, it's called you live in this house you can find it on iTunes just uh, go support guys that are out there making really good music guys that are really good humans guys that are family guys guys that uh, for a lot of years opened up their home for me Vince and his lovely bride and daughters they let me crash on the couch or, or whatever every time I was in Nashville. So it's been fun to watch him in this process of, of kicking out new music. So go support him. I'm begging you. Even if you don't want to support the podcast, go support Vince or, or anybody, man. You know, buy music. People are finding so many ways to get music, but I'm still a big believer in buying music and supporting these people that uh, give us so much joy. They give us so much emotion in life. Music is uh, its an incredible tool, and uh, you know, there's so many great people out there that are talented enough to keep doing it for us, and Vince is definitely one of those guys, enough bragging about anybody, enough talking about everything that's been going on let's get to it so if you made it through this intro get ready because i think you're gonna laugh a little bit more i think you're gonna enjoy this one this is my conversation with vince moreno <laughs> funny thing is now i don't i don't have to do like that fake radio 
voice. I mean, you genuinely, I laugh when I'm around you fools. Oh, like uh, the announcer? Yeah. Your announcer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, oh, so by the way, we're recording, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, like the fake radio DJ. <laughs> oh, well, uh, That's you're listening Vince to Moreno. Moreno. <laughs> 108.9. Yeah. Uh, hey, we got batteries, so we're good. We can we can actually roll uh, modern it's technology with all these cables. and Yeah. <laughs> no, no, There's no cables way. everywhere. But, um, it's funny, you know, every time I do a show somewhere and they like to, you know, get a radio DJ, uh, like to introduce the act or whatever. And they come out and they're like, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I always tease them. I say, like, Hey, you got using your radio voice tonight or, uh, oh. and, and the, and half of them will start laughing. I'll be like, Oh yeah. And they'll put it on really thick. My business is the absolute worst because it's like, yo, you want to be a rodeo announcer? Well, then I <laughs> need you to take a look over here. Yeah. Wait, what? Hey, who's the guy I was just talking to? And, and, yeah. and it got to a point when I was first starting, everybody had to have this like Southern draw. It's like, because it was a rodeo. Well, I tell you oh, yeah. what, we got a big one for you tonight. What? what? It's, it's like when you're watching a, a, a movie on TV and they're portraying somebody as a cowboy or something they got their hat like halfway cuffs yeah. on top of their head and they're going well do hickey and walla dollar hooter you know and it's like we, nobody talks like that or like man. in the day like a cassette tapes when when there was like a lag in the tape and it was like it slowed down like that <laughs> yeah. it's like i feel like that's how a lot of people talk. oh they, yeah it's like dumbed down almost oh, it pisses yeah. me off like just be yourself man well that's what actually i, I do like about you when you're doing your um announcing and stuff it's like when i'm talking to you normally yeah it's that's who you hear. It's not like a fake persona or some different kind of voice. But being a singer, like, and everybody thinks, well, you, you, you have a different voice. No, I talk from my diaphragm. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I get air in my lungs yeah. and I like project different. And that's it. That's literally all I do. It's like my, my, uh, my job is basically just my normal voice on steroids. Well, no steroids. Much jokes. like your muscles. No steroids. Oh. Somebody's phone's ringing. Somebody's phone. It's ringing. not mine. I, I told. Oh, probably- I told uh, Trump and everybody to just not to put take all my calls yeah, today. I'm off today. I'm off today. Hold all my calls, uh, Mrs. Moreno. But you, you, you are yourself, and it's I fun try because to be. like, well, you that's spend you know a lot I time. tell people all the time. Um, I'm me all the time, whether I'm on stage, we're at church, or well, I don't go to church, but if we're at dinner, anywhere, I'm I'm just me all the time, which is usually on ten, right. and some people can. Some people dig it. Some people go, oh, geez, let's get out of the room with this guy's in here. And that's fine because, you know, not. I'm sure, you know, um, there's other people with big personalities like that that, uh, like, for instance, like uh, my mom didn't like certain comedians or movie stars if they were just kind of boisterous or loud or, you know, like Andrew Dice Clay or Ronnie Dangerfield. She's like, oh, I can't stand those people, you know, and it's like, why? Well, because they, they're just too loud or, or whatever, annoying or whatever it would be. Without getting to know the you know the yep. the real persona yep. about it, but I'm just yeah I'm me all the time. If I'm on stage, if I'm off stage, um, of course normally if I'm on stage I light up a little bit more because that's just that's where I feel yeah. it you know well where it's I'm more because it's on home. stage yeah. that's what you're supposed to do no yeah, matter what you do yeah. if you're on a stage you're supposed to be performing yeah it's funny that you know I got my wife a T-shirt that says this thing because anytime she ever comes out to a show or or if we're just out in public and I'm being goofy, you know, like especially I love embarrassing my kids if we're at dinner somewhere. Um, but people ask her all the time, is he always like this? And she's like, yeah, he's he's Vince. He's Vince yeah, all the time. So I got her a t-shirt made that said yes in big letters and it says under it, he's always like this. <laughs> so I tell her, wear that thing anytime we're out and then people go, oh yeah, okay. So she's worn it a couple of times like to the clubs um, downtown and stuff. You, like, ha- you have this uncanny ability to piss people off 
and then get them to give you whatever money. do you mean it's it's, it's, it's hilarious okay uh, for instance last night we're at, at your gig and you're saying like I, we introduced some new friends to you last night and i feel like every time i come to town i'm like yeah oh, you got to come with me we're going to see yeah like you got new everybody people. the same thing it starts off and they're like man how does this guy get away with yeah, it but how you'll does he not get shot yet you say things that are so damn offensive <laughs> And the people that you're saying it to inevitably uh, will come up and start tipping or yeah, buying or you drink. Bring us a drink. You know, it's funny. I've said that in in a couple of different interviews. Where people are saying like, you know, we came out to see it, and we were like, "Holy crap!" Like, did you hear what he just said about that guy that just walked in or whatever? And that's kind of my shtick. I, I pick on people that walk in the door. And hey, man, if you make it easy for me, all I can tell you is, you know, if you come in like your cowboy players. hat and a pony, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're pony. asking that for That guy it. got so pissed last <laughs> night. I don't know if they were foreigners or, you know, he might have been from Italy or something. He kind of had that look. But, man, you gotta wait, You know, when, when he walked in with that ponytail and then his wife or whoever, I said, hey, those those girls are hot, you know? And, and he, he glared at me. But then they stayed for like an hour. They stayed and they when, were hooked. Yeah, and Once, then when they left... He walked out and I flung my hair like, you know, I was flinging my hair and he glared at me for like the whole 20 paces that he walked outside. And I was like, what? But that's what's wrong with society. It's oh, like, God, oh, it's hilarious man. when he's making fun of somebody else. But yes. when it's on me, oh, how dare you? Hey, yes, I just put man. a post up on my Facebook the other day. But um, and it was involving Kenny Chesney, which I have no problem with Kenny Chesney. Right. It's just kind of but the he's whole, such an easy target. It, well, it's like, you know, we the stuff I do is like old traditional country music. We got fiddle and we got steel guitar. We're doing Mel Tillis. We're doing, you know, um, Ray Price. We're doing Johnny Bush. We're doing um, Gene Watson. You know, like, yeah, all this old stuff. And these people are sitting there for like an hour, right? This couple. And they're loving everything. They're loving all my jokes. They're laughing their asses off. They're they're enjoying themselves from what it looked like. Well, then the guy comes up, the husband comes up and gives me 20 and says, can you play uh, Boys of Summer by Kenny Chesney? I said, who? And he said, by Kenny Chesney. Well, first of all, it's Boys of Fall. Okay, so, yeah. so Boys of Summer is Don Henley, right? That's what yeah. I was like, so hey. that so I'm automatically like, okay, dude, you're you're too stupid to even realize that the title's wrong. Which a lot of people don't get the title right to a Man, song, they, you know, or they'll say, "How about can you play whatever. that song about the the hat and the boots or whatever?" You know. But anyway, so when he said that, I was like, "Man, we." We're doing country music here, man. We don't do that pop crap, you know. Just totally messing with him. Apparently, he must be like the biggest diehard Kenny Chesney fan because him and his wife got so butthurt that I didn't do any Kenny Chesney that she left like a bad review on my Facebook page. And then once I once I uh, replied to her and said, "Hey, you know, sorry, you don't have a sense of oh, because she said in her review." We gave this guy twenty dollars, and he didn't even know any Kenny Chesney. And you know, I thought we came to Nashville to to uh, to hear music, not to go to Dick's Last Resort and get you know picked right. on or something like right. that. I'm like, well, you can go to any other bar in any other town anywhere in the world and watch somebody just sing for four hours if you want, or you can come to my gig and laugh your ass off, maybe be entertained, you know, have a few drinks, loosen up, and have a good time. But it's exactly exactly like you said. She laughed at everything else that I did until it until it got to her. And either she got embarrassed or whatever. But the funny part of it was once I screenshotted her bad review and I and I commented on it, I just said, hey, sorry, you don't have a sense of humor because, you know, everything else was pretty funny up right. until that point. She said, oh, we have a great sense of humor. You know, you just don't know any Kenny Chesney. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> I don't do Kenny Chesney yeah. by choice. But, uh, when I like, used to have to do it, just I because, did it. Just you know? because you gave me $20, you want me to uh, go home. That's and I the other Kenny thing. Chesney. Here's That's my the deal. other thing. People you, act like they go, own you. Yeah, you'll go pay $75 to go to a Kenny Chesney show. That some bitch ain't playing Metallica. 
and I love Metallica. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it makes no sense at all. Well, like, it's why do you exactly. expect that? And that's what I told her. Hey, I'm sure Kenny Chesney's not playing any Vince Moreno music tonight in his show. You know, as of right now. But you know, the new song he may be getting hold of. Hey, if he'll cut it and, and uh, make some money for me, You'll I'll learn gladly. Kenny Chesney I will, song. I'll play that song, and it'll be a Kenny Chesney song. I didn't yeah, have right. to learn it because it's mine. No, but yeah, no, you got a good point with the whole, uh, you know, people will like my page or or follow me or whatever on social media, and then they'll be like, hey, uh, I'm coming to town, you got to drop everything you're doing because uh, I liked your page, and so you like, you know, right. you owe me your life now. Right. Like, no, I, I no, I don't, I don't mind doing something for somebody if, if they just ask, hey, can you, you know, come into town and, and it's my daughter's birthday, can you embarrass her, can you, can you sing her a song, whatever, like, yeah, sure, if we know it, I'll be happy to do it, but I don't. You know, it's a, it's all in the approach. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like somebody coming to you, you know, and saying, "Hey, you know, um, I listened to your podcast today, so you know, I need you need, I need you to get me to the to the next." Uh, That's not uh, true. Rodeo. Nobody listens to my podcast. Oh no, they're going to now. By God, you got me on there. <laughs> We're fixing to change all that. Right? Ego's getting inflated. Here we go. Buzz of summer. <laughs> no, but um, back to the back to the bad review she left. That lady, uh, I screenshotted it. And put it on my page, and I said, "Honey, was it the fiddle, the steel guitar, or my cowboy hat that threw you off? You know that we'd played country music, not you know bro country." And people were lighting her on fire. They're just like, "Hey, you know, like taking my back." Yeah. And she deleted the review after after she got bashed on a little bit. Not that hey, I didn't have to do anything. I let my fans do it. It was awesome. Isn't that funny though? Like, <laughs> great. like again, it goes back to you can dish it out, but you can't take it. Yeah. Well, if you can't take it, then stay in the corner. Stay in. Well, and that's kind of my thing. Like, you know, people give me a hard time. You know, they'll comment something, try and, you know, and, and knock me or whatever. And it's like, hey, I could totally take it because I do that every day with everybody. So I don't have a thin skin. I'll go crying to somebody and say, you need to take that off my page because, you know, you're a bully. I'm like, shit, man. I grew up with being bullied in school. That made me a tougher person now. That's what's wrong with today is. Oh, my boom. goodness. So what did okay. I just touch on? No, no, no. I, I said this. I said this in an earlier podcast, and I got one good buddy that works in the PBR that always gives me crap for it, and and I started hearing a lot more of it because I I I've done I've been involved in anti bullying campaigns, and I'm a firm believer that it's not right, but I'm an even bigger believer in bullying builds character. Uh, Look at me, a hard like, thing to go you, through. It is. <laughs> I mean, get to spend time with Matt. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Brad. I call Brad my friend, and that poor sucker. <laughs> That's if bullying anybody enough. Saw that? Yeah. <laughs> if anybody saw us together, they think that we hate it. But no, uh, it, it's life. You and know, li- what? life is not perfect. You've got to overcome things, and you've got to learn to adapt. And if you can't learn to adapt to a bully, then stop being a crybaby. If somebody, if somebody. I mean, I totally get the anti-bullying. It's it's. I do too. It's, I do too. I, Don't sucks. get me wrong. But here's the thing with me: if somebody else stops a bully from bullying you and not yourself, mm-hmm. or if you don't learn how to um, deal with the bullying, you know, then you're going to grow up so sensitive and and not have any have any backbone to me in your life. Now, I'm not saying you have yeah. to go through bullying to be a strong person. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that for me, all through school sucked. Yeah. I mean, people. There was one guy that I'd just be walking home from school. He'd he'd walk up behind me, and I'd turn around, and he would literally just punch me in the jaw. Yeah, and I wouldn't have no. He just didn't like me, and he was a big bully. He's in prison now, but that's fine, and I'm not. So there you go. But that's kind of the point I would make to my kids: is you know everybody who bullied me in school and used to pick on me and stuff and push me to the edge, 
they ain't doing nothing in their life. Yeah. They ain't doing anything yep. because they're the ones with no self-esteem to Absolutely. begin with. And it made me stronger because it made me learn to not put up with other people's shit after a certain point. You know, and it's like, you know, I, I bring certain when I pick on people, I bring things on on myself. You know, obviously right. somebody's yep. going to have backlash or whatever. But I don't I don't sit there and cry about it or post about it on. like Oh, I had a rough day because, uh, you know, somebody said didn't like my show. Right. Doesn't ruin your day. It doesn't ruin my day because there's 99 other people at the at the gig that day that did like it. You know, you take the good with the bad, but it makes you learn how to accept failure. It makes you learn how to accept um, rejection, I think. You know, and my kids, my daughters went actually through it through school. And I told them the first thing I told them, I said, bullying is one thing. Words are one thing. Words can hurt just as much as physical. I said, but you have my permission. If anybody ever lays a hand on you, you go absolutely batshit crazy on them. Absolutely. And beat their ass. I said, if you don't ever do that, then they will do that. Then people will do that for the rest of your life. And once you do that, you'll be so proud of yourself that you stood up to somebody, you know, I said, and you can still do it with words too. And it's funny because both of my kids have my quick wit and they're both smart asses. So most of the time now that they're older, (laughs) if anybody tries to pick on them, they come back with something so funny and so uh, almost hurtful, you know, that yeah. they just go, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> I can't My bad. You win. With that, you, know? you know what's funny is like, like uh, I, I'm a grown ass man. I still get bullied every once in a while. People pick on each oh, other. Sure, it's part man. of life. It's, it's fun. Yeah. And and if I have something quick, like I'm hitting you with it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, oh, man, you win. All right. Yeah. Big deal. Move on. Uh, but I blame it, you know, to be honest, I think it's shitty parenting. I think oh, big I think time. or I think, lack of. Yeah, and if a kid doesn't learn to adapt or even adult doesn't learn to adapt to situations and and getting through that stuff, I mean, look not to get too terribly serious, but you see all the bad things that happen in the world today like mass shootings oh, and all yeah. that stuff, you know, and it makes me question did those kids not learn to deal with real life and then all no, of a sudden they, were they get bullied a, one time and then here they go. a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shows them how to do mass shootings. Nothing makes me more irritated than to go to a restaurant and see a family, like a full-blown family, sitting at dinner, and one little kid has headphones on. Oh, dude, that just happened to me Sunday. They were sitting- At a show? We were playing at this restaurant downtown Nashville called Bailey's, a little acoustic gig, and walk in, and there's a husband and wife, an older son- and the the younger you know and and the the one the older kid actually had books i think he might have had actually like um um not ad not adt what's adhd tv not that uh, what do they call ADD? it when the, like the kids are like like really smart but they're sensitive like autistic yes like yeah. I, he might have been autistic so right. he was like looking at books reading books and i was like oh cool you know or he like, might have just been really thirsty for knowledge which he is might have okay. been yeah yeah so the other kid has a tablet and it's playing you know, cartoons or something, and the kids got headphones on. So I immediately zone in on that that family. I said, "Oh, look at the, we got a nice family here having a family dinner, and they brought the babysitter with them too. You know, the the tablet. You know, so I picked on them for a little while, and they were kind of looking at me like, like what? This is a normal for us, you know. And when we go to dinner, all four of us, my family, we all pick on each other. It's like, hey, are you gonna get off your phone and and yeah. you know, oh, nice talking to you. You know, we we do that because, you know, granted, what we do, we got to be on social media all the time." We've right. got it. We're trying to promote. We're trying to answer people's questions. We're trying to do all that stuff. So yeah, I'm on my phone all the time. My kids are on the phone all the time just because that's what kids do nowadays. Uh, my wife does pampered shifts, so she's always on her phone promoting that thing. So we're always on our phones, you know. But it's not like we're doing it to uh, to escape, you know, having to uh, raise our kids or yeah. you know, it's like it's not a 
uh, what do they call the binky? Uh, yeah, pacifier. pacifier. It's not a pacifier. And and that's what most parents do these days. They just slap a kid in front of a TV or slap a iPad in their in their hands. It's like, what? Why do you the think hell? that? Do you think that we've gotten so busy as a society that I think it's laziness? Uh, yeah, and uh, or that was going to be the other option is, or are we just lazy? We're just too lazy to take on the responsibility of being a parent mm-hmm. and caring for this child that you brought into the world. Like if. I'm sorry, but if you don't have the time or you don't have the wherewithal to be a parent, then, mm, you know, there's ways to. You know, it's funny you say that because I always I often wonder, like, you know, uh, and, you know, some even throughout the years, uh, my daughter's friends, like they'd come over and say, like, you know, uh, they they come from a split family or whatever. And, and uh, you know, all these and it's just different ones over the years, you know, like they, they'd bring, a you know, a friend over and be like, oh, yeah, you know, and the, the kids so withdrawn nobody walks in this house and says hello mr moreno my name is blah yeah. blah blah nobody boys girls nobody and it used to drive me nuts because i'm like look you're coming into my house you Absolutely. can at least greet me instead of just hanging your head and walking like hey you're coming in here and and i'm the most friendliest person you can come talk to um and so i would it would drive me nuts and my wife would say look it's just that generation they don't know how to come up and greet then you then they need to learn exactly. especially especially said, you if you're learn a boy you at my house. if you're a boy and you're coming in to meet you know Vince's daughters oh, and you don't greet Mr. Moreno I'm so and so get your ass right back outside or even when you come back to visit the second yep. third fourth fifth time yeah I shouldn't have to come in here and be like oh hey so and so how are you you do that to me it's my house first of all second I'm your elder yep you know, and it's like, if if you don't respect me, so here's what I started doing. If you're not going to respect me in my own house, I'm not going to respect you at all. So when they come in, I don't pay them no, never mind. And then they kind of go like, well, your dad doesn't like me. Bingo. No, you know what? I don't because he don't respect me enough to to greet me in my own house. Um, I don't know where this this branched off into another conversation, but all but, of a sudden uh, <laughs> we're doing a parenting clinic. But oh, I, I know, I know what we were talking about. And I don't have kids. Yeah, right. Well, you might. Uh, who knows? <laughs> let's Google this. My, my parents let's have get the kid. Google machine out real quick. <laughs> no, that's one of the coolest things is, is is I'm a firm believer in respect your elders. You always hold a door open for a lady. Hell, I open a door open for most men. That you know, if I'm close, sure. I'll stand there. Whatever, I'll be the Walmart greeter. I don't yeah. care. It. I I enjoy doing nice things for other people, and it, it drives me nuts when people can't say thank you. Oh, but it, it also it's it's so gratifying when somebody says, "Oh my gosh, that's so nice. You must have great parents." Yes. Yes, I do. Exactly. Thank you for recognizing that. You know what's great about so so kind of back to what I was saying about these kids that um they're they're withdrawn, they don't they don't know how to speak to you, you know. Um it, and I always tell my wife, I'm like, they must not have parents who give a shit about them. Right. And and that's basically what it is. Like uh, you know, I'll get the 411 from my daughter. Like, what? Okay, what's her home life like? Well, her her dad beats her mom, or, or you know, she's an alcoholic, or you know, addicted to pills, or you know, it's like some um, kind of you know traumatic home life is what they come from. I'm like, okay, well, shit. So I'll give them a second chance. Next time they come over, I'm like, hey, you wanna you wanna join us for dinner, whatever. And the next thing you know, our kids are like, they love coming over here because yeah, they feel like they're part of our family more yeah. than they do at home. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's just damn. That's sad. Somebody cares about them. That's sad, you know. And and then I ask them, well. And it's funny because all their friends, you know, they all got like their parents bought them a, a 2018 Jeep when they got their license. 16 year olds, you know, got their license. So I'm like, well, that ain't happening in this house. Right. My kids both have two jobs. They they work full time jobs, go to school and they babysit, you know, for half the musician buddies that I have. They they So they, they're always working because they like to have stuff. They've bought their own cars. They make their own insurance car payments. Responsibility. They buy their own stuff. We ain't bought them clothes in years. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's funny because all these other kids they, they bring around, they got all these possessions, you know, all this stuff and no home life. And I'm like, would you rather have a brand new Jeep or let's not give a shit about right. driving a brand new Jeep? Or, or you know? know that when something does go wrong in life, you've got somebody to talk That's to. That's exactly right. You know, and it's like I tell my kids, if something's wrong, who's the first person you're going to call? Right. Mom or dad. And we'll always have your back. So all we ask for is don't be shitty to us and and just be good people. And what's awesome, man, is the the most reward that we ever get is when when our kids go babysit for somebody or they'll go um, do something, a function or something. Those people actually text Usually they text Holly because she's, you know, the one that they talk to more. But they'll text and be like, wow, you guys have amazing children. These kids are so respectful and they're so smart, you know, and they, they just the, people love them. So I'm, they sh- I'm sure my parents get that all the time. I'm oh, sure yeah. My, my, oh, my mom, she, her phone yeah. doesn't stop ringing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Ralph. about my other brothers. But not. <laughs> 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 hey, you mentioned like you mentioned uh, domestic violence and drugs and all that stuff. And, and it made me think. You ever worry about other musicians getting mad at some of the stuff you say? Other or, musicians? No, I care like, less if they get mad. <laughs> you know why? Because screw them. <laughs> no, other musicians, I don't get mad. Now, uh, most of them don't because they, right. they totally get... Almost all the musicians get what I'm doing. Are you talking about guys that play no, I'm with saying me? Like, no, 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 or like no. Somebody I'm that like if you're making fun, if you're making fun of Florida Georgia Line and, and they happen to walk into the bar or I don't. I'm, oh God, like if Tracy they walked Lawrence in, dude, or, I would not stop making fun if, of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that would be an all night, four hour make fun of Florida Georgia and, Line. And if marathon. they can't handle it, then whatever. Hey, if you look like that and sing like that, you got to have a sense of humor. You know what's funny yeah. though. <laughs> Or it's proof that God has a sense of humor. Somebody's got either that or they're really dark and demented sense of humor. Uh, you know, I feel like country music's making a comeback, like real country music. Do you get God, that? I mean, you're what? here. You're here. You're here in the middle of everything that that used to be good about country music. I feel like I've been hearing that. So the last time I made a, a record, which was oh God, like 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, maybe even more actually. 18 years ago, I think. And the, when I made that, they were the, the, all the guys in the studio and everybody there was so excited because it's pretty diehard country music. Right. And all the, the studio musicians were like, oh, man, finally a dang uh, country. We get to play shuffles and with fiddle and steel guitar. And it's all, you know, and I mean, it's not like 60s Ernest Tubb stuff yeah. what I'm doing on that album. But, but back then, which I say was like 15 years ago, it already had passed kind of the 90s. It already started moving out, you know, and. Um, that whole big thing, which 90s, that era was awesome for country music. It was all about the music versus the business, and that's what it's about now. It's, it's I think it's more business um, influenced than anything. It's about but who looks good, who can sell the most tickets, who can get the most that's, followers on That's Instagram. what it's about, yeah. yeah. I mean, who, and it, nowadays you got to build your own. Um, basically, you're doing all everything the record label used to do because you're doing your social media. If you get a million views or you got a, uh, you know, a million likes, if you get a YouTube following, you've already built up your audience. Right. And then the record labels come in now and say, oh, well, you've already pretty much done all the work, so let's go ahead and sign you now. Sign you to what? You yeah. can book, you can do your own stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't have that look because I'm not 19 and I'm not, you know, I don't have washboard wash abs and wallet chains. Really? But, well, but I do. West they're just, shirts. they're covered. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a, a thick lining covering. <laughs> baby, my baby fit. They're under there. <laughs> under there somewhere. <laughs> I'll tell you. 
<laughs> no, but yeah. I, I hear things like that pop up now every once in a while. I'm like, you know what, baby steps. Like there's 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 some, like John Party. You know, I feel like oh would, yeah, he's a worked good, a long time, man. And you look at a guy like Cody Johnson who who made a huge following in Texas, and now he, they're starting to play him on the highway mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he still gets on stage. He's got his shirt pressed and tucked yeah. in. He's got a crease in his jeans. Yeah, he wears a cowboy hat. Look. Yeah. yeah, he was the uh, the only guy to sell out Houston that wasn't signed. Right. And now he's. I think he signed with I Warner. He, he Thank you, guy in the background that nobody knows is oh. here. Oh, yeah, by the way, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, you said Brad earlier. I, I'm hiding I, under the table. Brad, uh, way oh, down yeah, yeah. under Brad Nardici. Yeah, but I was making fun of him. I was bullying him. How do you earlier. say it? Is it Nardici? Yeah. yeah. It is Nardici. Yeah, I said it right. It. Yeah, yeah. Way down yonder under Brad Nardici. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm weird. You didn't hear me say that. that. What, is, what is the song you you always... Uh, something about... Kalijah? May, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, doesn't matter. There's there's something you always say about in, and, and it's the actual line is something on, but you are always you always say in. I don't know. You you get away with... I don't know. You get away with so many lines, and, and you'll, you'll just change words yeah. as it goes. Does that just come easy? Yeah. 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 I like, well, I mean, you've seen me. Yeah. Somebody will walk in and I'll change that line as they're walking into something that matches what they're wearing. Right. Or oh, what they look like. Yeah, with a ponytail. So, yeah. actually, I guess, you know, um, I was doing an interview with uh, Chad Prey there. I've been doing these little comedy tours with. And uh, he asked me the same thing, you know, in this interview. He said, Hey, does that come easy to you? And I, and I was like, Well, I guess I've worked up to it to, to kind of come easy to me now. But I guess, you know, I guess it kind of always has been. Yeah. Because, um, I can just see something and most of the time I can make it rhyme. I can make it fit in with the song and yeah. that's when it, it's really funny. It's a gift, if, if it man. does. If it, if it works, you know, and sometimes I'll be like, okay, that was a stretch. <laughs> that didn't work at all. But, but most of the time, yeah, if somebody walks in and they're like that guy with the ponytail last night, I sang something to replace the words with something in the mm-hmm. song and yeah, it's, it's. Part of that's too has got to come from, you've been singing and playing for a oh, long God, time. Man. Yeah, since I was the first time I was actually played on stage like uh, professionally to make money, I was 10. Really? Yeah, and you know, I'm only 21 now, so right. it's so that's 11 like 12 years in the business, yeah. Yeah, that's like 9. Obviously, years. you're not great at math, but yeah, whatever. I failed in geometry. What did you pick up first? Geography. Was it a guitar? Was it a piano? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a wooden guitar. And my mom still has it. Really? It basically it looked like a, a, kind of like a a bigger, you know, the paddles they used to have in school? Yeah. Um that they don't that they should, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of a weird thing in my mind, too. Like, should somebody else whip your ass, your kids' ass? Yeah. Maybe. I got mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. But I, I also got, you know, my dad only did it. He only did it one time. But I also knew that you if know. I got in trouble at school, it was going to be worse when I got home. Like, if, if if I got swats at school, yeah, it was going to be way worse when I got home. See, yeah, it because was, obviously it was, I did something wrong. That's funny because, so my dad worked on, on the construction, like road work. So he was gone pretty much Monday through Friday, usually. Um, you know, out of town. So then he'd come on the weekend. But it, you know, when I got swatted at school, my mom was like, "Well, you already got you already got spanked, so <laughs> you know, like you're not gonna be able to sit for a week. So I, I don't have to do anything." You know. Well, and and you said something a minute ago that I guess I've never really thought about it, and it's 2019. Should somebody else whip your? That's kids? what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you should really whip your own kids if they need it. There's times in Walmart that I'd like to whip oh, somebody else. Oh, baby, sign me up for a principal. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's kind of a weird concept it's when very, you think about when it. When you think about it now, you're like yeah. somebody else beating your kids. I've never thought about it till this very. Oh moment. yeah, because when my kids were, you know, they're still in school, and and my youngest is a junior in, in high school, and we talked about that before. Like you know, like God, could you even imagine nowadays if if a teacher swatted a student? Yeah, 
the parents would own the school. Right. They would literally be millionaires. Yeah. And I, and back in when I was in school, it's like, hey, you put gum under your desk. All right, go see the, Mr. So and So, who usually was the gym teacher, had the biggest arms, <laughs> who everybody was scared of. But you know what? At the same time. It made kids scared to screw up at school because right. they knew there was a consequence. Yep. So at the same time, that's I think why, really why it was put into place in the first place to to for kids not to to screw up because you know what, uh, Mister Cathcart's going to whoop your ass if you know he's going to put it to you and you're fear, not going to want to like it. Fear, fear and respect. Yeah, fear and respect. I think are the Hell two yeah. main components that are missing in society. And that's the same thing with a father figure at home. We were talking about that the other day. Some of these kids don't have a father figure at home, and some, the ones that do are gone at the office all the time. So, like I said, they shower them with gifts and all that stuff. But um, I think that a lot of that is uh, when when my daughters went through their little you know teenage years of of screwing up and stuff. When they knew that dad was going to be really mad, not only did it did did it hurt them that I was disappointed in them mm-hmm. that that would be a consequence all on its own right there. But if they knew that I was mad. I'd get my big boy voice out and I would yell at them, you know. And, your your and, rodeo announcer voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about the rodeo announcer thing because I got a, a thing I want to pick on you about. Let's, or not pick on you, but. Well, let's talk. Uh, I shit. forgot what we were talking about. I don't. We're talking. We, now we st- we're talking about the announcer voice. We started so, something let's just about. Let's get it out. Something about kids. Ah, enough of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> we probably just lost like 80 listeners. That's fine. Out that, of the five That'd be we 60 more than we usually <laughs> have. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 10-year-old Vince picks up a guitar. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So I, I would walk around the house and, and you know, in diapers with uh, this wooden guitar. And uh, Wait a minute. At 10? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was still wearing <laughs> diapers. <laughs> Speaking no, of you, parenting. You did it start. I said I was 10 when I started playing How live. old were you when yeah. you picked, a, picked up? I still wear I got a diaper on right now. <laughs> um, so I was like five then. Or okay. maybe I wasn't in diapers. I don't know. Maybe I was three. You were small. You, you know what? You were small. You probably should have, we should phone a friend and just call my mom right now. <laughs> we she should could, get her on the podcast. She could probably tell you the story a lot better. But there's pictures. I just know there's pictures of me in a diaper with, you know, like around the house, like mm-hmm. with this wood guitar. Yeah. And, and like... I guess one of the first songs I ever learned was Rhinestone Cowboy. So I would walk around. I'd, and so then when people would come over, my mom, my mom would be like, play Rhinestone Cowboy. And I hated it. I hated to put, perform in front of anybody. I just, it, it, it would make me so mad at her. I would get so mad. Like, you know, even if an aunt came over, she's like, hey, play, play them a song. I'd be like, no, I'd get so mad. So then finally one day I started playing in the church choir with her. It was kind of called the mariachi choir in church and, uh, you know, Catholic church and, uh, so I just went in there, was playing like rhythm guitar, and I was probably I don't know eight, nine, something like that. And there was another guy that, that like the you know the main guitar player. Well, so then when he f- figured out that I would catch on really quick on how the songs went without having to, when I just hear them, mm-hmm. and then I knew how they'd go, I just start playing them. So then he said, "Hey, uh, we got this little Mexican band that you know." And he told my mom, uh, "Would would you care if, if Vince come played guitar with us?" She said, "I don't, you know, I, I don't see why it'd be a problem." So then we started. She tried to take me out to rehearsals in an old, uh, like a FFA little house that people like the cowbells used to meet at, you know, little FFA groups. So we'd go out there and we'd practice, and I just strum the guitar, man. And uh, next thing you know, I was out gigging. I was like, we were playing like Legion, you know, American Legions, VFW halls, and. Uh, you know, church functions and just any kind of dances, Mexican dances, you know. And uh, my parents would drive me to the gig and they'd drive me to rehearsals and then they'd come out and they'd basically have a weekend of dancing. They'd go dancing all weekend while I was playing and then, you know, I'd be making money, man. I was, it was, it was so cool. So I did that for a few years and then after kind of grew out of that thing, um, 
so I'm from a really small town in, in Arizona, Wilcox, where, you know, there's like maybe back then there was like three or four different bands. Right. And one guy would get mad and quit one band and he'd go leave and work with another band. You know, it's kind of the rotating, yeah. you know, musician thing. Well, I just, um, a friend of ours and the, uh, or the family, he, he had a band and, and one of the guys left and he said, Hey, uh, does Vince know how to play bass? And my dad said, well, I'll, we'll go get him one and find out, you know? So he'd take me to the music store, go buy me a bass, you know? So then I'm playing bass with this band, learn how to play. Then another guy would leave another band and, and that guy would be like, Hey, uh, does Vince play keyboards? You know? And we had an old piano at home, an old upright, old player piano that was always out of tune. You know, my sister used to play on it all the time. She's a great pianist, actually, Mary. Um, she could read music, which I, I was jealous of that. I wish I could, but anyway, so wait, kinda, you can't, you can't read music. No, I don't read any music. Really? No, no. That's crazy. I wish or, I could because somebody could set something down in front of me. I could go play at a jazz, you know, piano bar or something. I can just play off the music, but unless I have it memorized, you know, or whatever, or hear it. Man, that's crazy because I've seen you play keyboard, guitar, bass. Well, I mean, like you can play everything, and you can play such a an encyclopedia of of songs. That's just from learning so uh, young. And what's funny, you know, like like people come see me in Nashville and they see me do the hardcore traditional country music, you know. Yeah. They have no idea that I know songs, you know, like R&B songs or yeah. blues tunes or, you know, like I, I grew up with My mom used to play everything. She'd play, uh, you know, um, Herp Alpert and Frankie Valli and Sinatra. And, yeah. And then my dad would have, you know, the te- it, it wasn't really Tejano music back then. It was just called, you know, a Mexican uh, ranchero music is really, I think, what it's called. So he'd have that every Sunday morning. The record player would be going, you know, and and so I'd sit in the house, play drums along with it, or play bass along with it. I was always playing along with whatever music was there, trying to, you know, just yeah. pl- just to play really and learn stuff. But yeah, I didn't know the names of the chords. I didn't know the names of of anything. Really? I just would play it, you know. And then my my mom tried to get me into some lessons with piano and stuff, and and I just never could. I never had the patience and probably the ability to learn how to read music. And we'd the teacher would play me the piece you know and i'd be like uh how does this note go right here and so she just play it for me and i'd memorize it and watch where yeah. her fingers was and then i kind of go okay i think that i know what that note means go up high here or whatever and then we go to the piano, piano recital and i'd play it and they never knew i didn't know how to read music the whole time it was funny i did the whole thing through marching marching band in school too playing snare that's incredible <laughs> that's funny my my parents helped me like i went to a couple of guitar lessons with our preacher's son and yeah. And he started teaching me some like simple chords and everything, and and that didn't work out. I, I've got hands like Hannah Montana. I mean, I got tiny hands, and I could barely get I'm my fingers. Oh, they're pretty small uh, still to this day. But you can imagine when I was like, you know, ten, eleven, twelve. Trying oh yeah, to, trying to reach around a guitar sure. and, and get those chords. I just I get so frustrated. It's like playing golf now. It's like if I couldn't do it, it just <laughs> yeah. It, 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 See, it, that's it, how fiddle was for me. Yeah, I picked it up a few different times. My dad bought me one, and I was like, screech, screech. I'm like, okay, if I can't just pick this up and play it, I don't. <laughs> Start it right away. Yeah. So I, yeah, I tried it about three times. I was like, eh, just not, just not going to work. It's weird for me because, like, they, you know, I took a few guitar lessons and now anybody that rides with me is willing to pay for voice lessons and singing lessons. <laughs> if they got to go on a road, poor Brad, he's going to ride in a car with me for like 10 <sighs> That's hours. That's why he's always got headphones awful, on. Man. That's why he's got headphones on. They're not playing Noise canceling. Noise yeah. canceling. Brad, why do, you, why do you always sleep when we go on road trips? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> you're singing, I'm sleeping. Because I take the sleeping pill that makes me go to sleep. Uh, uh, nothing is Xanax. So a couple of Xanax crushed up. So fast forward. Not that we promote. Any no. of that stuff. Uh, no. Not so, that we've done that, but can you hand me those two yeah. posters? So fast, <laughs> cut that one in half. So fast forward from your old Tracy. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> hey, will you paint me a Birmingham real quick? Uh, anyway, so fast oh forward to 
Holy crap. <laughs> off the rails. Okay. Wow, we've we got like if you title this as far as the subject goes, you're gonna have like eighty it's different gonna look titles. Like, no, 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 no. It's gonna look like when you just mash your hand on a keyboard and it's just <laughs> yeah. like a running group of just a random letters. letters. What's this podcast about? <laughs> Pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. L- yeah, that's what it's gonna that's be. It's funny. These um, are so fun to do, though, man. It's so fun. I, I'm gonna start doing. I think I'm gonna start doing podcasts. Too. Okay, I was gonna ask you. Do you, do you have any idea like what the name's gonna be? Or I have like no that? idea, but I, I've I've got some stuff uh, like the equipment that I gotta have, and and kind of divulging into a little bit. So I'd like to have you do one too with me. I'd like, love you know? to. Yeah, I, and because I think it'd be so fun for you because you've played with so many yeah. super great artists. I think I'd have a lot of good fun guests. And, Not and, even and just in the music, like like you, you know, right. like people that I've met through music, right? Even you know, sh- shoot, even uh, like lighting techs and guys who have all these old stories, road dogs, you know, and the the, the possibilities are are just unli- are limit un unlimited unlim uh, they're big unlimited. word. There's so many of them. Oh yeah, there's lots there's of lots of lots of the unlimited. It's funny because every time I every time I meet anybody in music. And it doesn't matter. Like, and I'm talking like guys today, uh, legends in country music, whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got friends in Nashville. Well, you know who? And anytime I bring up Vince's name, it's ridiculous the response <laughs> I get from. I, and I mean that. I mean that as a total. Oh yeah, problem. I know that prick. <laughs> no, no, no. Because everybody, everybody, um, they that's all say cool the same thing. That, They're like, man, that guy is so ridiculously talented. Oh, that's cool. That's cool to hear that. It's 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 nothing. There's nothing like being respected amongst peers, right? You know, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, and like like last night we put it in, that we were coming into town, and I had a bunch of people messaging me, and they were like, "What what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm going to watch Vince at oh yeah you know, seven. They were like, "Oh, well, we play at seven thirty, but I don't blame you for going there instead." And I'm like, "That's that's <laughs> such a cool trip. compliment." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll time. catch you next time. Or or, or sometimes I'll say, "Well, how long you stayed? We'll we'll come by and meet you there." Or yeah. Something, you know. Yeah, but. So, but you have you've played with a lot of people. Like, yeah. who who was the first like big name that that like, where you been, went? Uh, okay, this is awesome. That would have been um, Neil McCoy was the first country because uh, that's act. where I met you. You were playing with Neil. That's what you tell me, and I never remember that. I you know said that. I, I'm so easy to because I thought. I, well, no, I just I just I guess it was because we reconnected while you were playing with Daryl. Yeah, it was Singletary. Yeah. I know we we did an event, and you guys were working that right. You and Richard. Uh, yeah, me, Jones? Richard, Brandon, there was a bunch of us. We were So I, I guess that sticks out in my mind because we actually got to hang yeah. out, you know, and we, we hung out and drank some beer afterwards. And, you know, so that that's why that I think I keep thinking that's the first time we really got to hang out, though. It's and, probably and, why. And it was. And you won't remember this because I was just I mean, I was a punk kid. I had just started announcing and we were in Billings, Montana, and it was like the NRA finals. It was a little oh, regional yeah. rodeo association yep. up there. And a buddy of mine had called and said, hey. You know, would you was come? that in a big indoor arena? Yeah, big indoor arena. Sloppy and the mess. stage, the stage was kind of off over in a corner, and you were playing with Neil, and I was there for all of our meetings and everything. And yeah. there was an afternoon sound check. Oh yeah. And Neil wasn't up there. You guys are all doing your thing. You're playing keyboards, and yeah. you and one of the guys said, you know, hey, so and so singing something, and I I will never forget this as long as I live. I remember looking over and this keyboard player starts singing and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, because I, I, oh, I was su- I'm, I was such a Neil McCoy fan. Still, right. Yeah. I, oh, I am too. such a yeah. Neil McCoy fan. Um, 
And so, so I was the pumped. One. I was, yeah. Yeah, I'm the one. Just kidding, Neil. I, I was I so pledge allegiance. Pumped. I was so pumped to see Neil. And then I'm like, listen to this keyboard player. And he sings a couple of songs, everything. I was like, man, that guy's really good. And then Neil comes up wearing a scarf. And then I was like, ah, oh, that's strike two. You know, your right. keyboard player is so good. You're wearing a scarf. <laughs> And he uh, probably had pajama pants on and, and Crocs. <laughs> that was his get up back then, man. Crocs but after and pajama he, pants. After he got done, I was standing on the side of the stage, and I I remember going, "Holy cow, man, that was really good!" And like you introduced yourself, we we talked for that long. Yeah. And I don't I don't have any idea why I remember the most random things, but I do remember that to a T. And then I remember That's crazy. What song was I doing? I, did I don't remember. Grand Tour or something. I don't probably. remember what song. But mm-hmm. I, I just I just remember thinking, "Holy that's cow!" Funny. Like that's not the guy I came to see, but. That's the guy that like has <laughs> it. It was awesome, and well, I'm still speaking of Neil. How long did you play with him? Uh, it was like four years. I was four years. hosting at CMA Fest here a couple of years ago, and Neil. Yeah. I think Neil was like the last or second to last act of the day on the Riverfront oh, stage, yeah. the big stage. Yeah, that 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 was his. <clears throat> we're talking, front. we're talking, and and visiting, and the stage manager goes, "Okay, come on, MC." And so I go out on stage to introduce Neil McCoy, and I hear this voice, Nashville, Tennessee, please welcome to the stage from the PBR, Matt. What? And I went, and I look, and Neil's over in the corner introducing me. <laughs> introducing you, yeah. And I was like, that's the wildest thing that has ever happened <laughs> in my so life. That's cool. That's cool. Man, I learned a lot entertainer-wise uh, from him. But you know where I think a lot of it comes from? Because he is. I th- I, I don't know that there's anybody more entertaining than him he's a natural man he's he gets on stage it. and it's like but it's, you know what i think it just comes from being a good person just being a real no it's not no no, no that's not it <laughs> let's just stick with he's a good entertainer yeah. <laughs> no but, i mean but he's just he's just kind of real oh yeah like, definitely. has fun definitely um it, it's funny because you know when Back when I was in Tucson playing, I was playing like a house gig, playing five nights a week. In this, I'm in my 20s, you know, early 20s. Right. And a, a couple of the guys in the band that I was working with were friends with guys that, like they grew up with uh, the guys that were in Neil McCoy's band. So anytime they came through to Tucson or, or anytime they would have a show, we usually opened up for them. And when I first saw his show, I was like, holy crap, that guy's like, it's so it's not structured like okay boom they're doing the song and okay hey ladies and gentlemen and then boom the next song and it's like it's so loose and that's kind of how i did my gigs you know like we didn't have a set list we just would call so i would i would look at the dancers and read and, the crowd and read the crowd and yep. i still do that today even though there's people there's not people dance we're not playing dance halls so much like downtown nashville or when i do a private event you know it's mostly just to hear music people just want to hear it but i still will, will um try and read the crowd to like, okay, we've done enough fast songs. I can go ahead and do a, ba- a couple of ballads now or, or just avoid ballads altogether if they're really rocking or whatever, you know, certain things like that. But, but man, Neil would just come out and it was so, uh, I want to say loose, but just, uh, and even when we worked with him, we didn't have a set list. Yeah. He would tell us the first three songs are usually the same songs every time we opened up a show. And then he said, after that, it's just, we'll figure it out. Well, yeah, we'll just, whatever, See, you know? And so he would call off the song in a talkback mic He'd be running around during a solo and come back and be like, uh, "City, city, put the country back in me," or whatever you know. City, we knew what city meant. So, well, okay, so we'd kick that off and do that song, and then he'd stop and he'd. But his ability to come out and just be a presence on stage like that, where he just he just talks, you can't not tells watch. jokes, and he could honestly just stand there, and you'd be sitting there on the like on the edge of your seat waiting, like, okay, when's he gonna talk? And he could just stand there. 
because he just has that presence on stage. And, and a lot of people like that are entertainers, there's singers and then there's entertainers and there's right. people who sing and entertain, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's like back in the old, old school days, like Sammy Davis Jr., you know, like those guys are entertainers. They'd walk out and they just brought a presence with them. It's like a big aura that follows them on stage, I think. And um, Neil just had that. And I was captivated, man. The first time I saw him, I was like, holy shit. Like, I, yeah. I want to be that guy on stage. You know, I want to be able to be confident because like, I never was that confident on stage. Right. And uh, that's what he exhumed, just like a confidence, like, hey, I'm here. This is me. Y'all hang on. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun 75 minutes, 90, whatever, you know, the show is going to be. And that's what it was, man. And um, so I, over the years of opening for him and just, you know, watching him doing shows and stuff on TV and stuff, I would watch him and be like, okay, you know, pick up on certain things like, all right, cool. You know, learn how to joke with the audience, learn how to kind of give people a hard time. So like that, I picked up a lot of that stuff from him. And uh, then when I went to work with him, I was like, it was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm on stage now doing it, you know, like getting to do it every night now. It was, God, it was, it was fun, crazy. And then, and then the guys in the band, we all got along together. It was like, it's like a, you know, it's really hard to find like a family when you're out there. A lot of times it's just like, yeah, okay, group of guys go out and play a show. But man, it was really like, a, it was, it was a big family. Well, we would, we would fish during the day, play golf and then go do the show at night or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and Neil would go with us too, you know, do that kind of stuff. But it's funny you bring up, um, CMA Fest because back then it was called Fanfare when I was playing with him. But we did the Riverfront stage one time and he's probably one of the only guys that can get away with stuff like this. And, uh, they were like, we're on a real strict schedule, guys. We're on a real, you know, time limit. It's like 15 or 13 minutes exactly or whatever. And, and so Neil's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh-huh, sure, buddy. Yeah, all right, pal, whatever, you know. And so we get out there and we start playing the opening, whatever the song was, you know. we Usually it's like three to five songs, depending on uh, the time you got, you know, or how long the songs are. So we had the five songs we were going to do. And uh, we walk out there, we start, and he walks over immediately and grabs, there's a clock yeah. on the side stage to, to let artists know how much time they got. It's like the old school, you know, a lot of, not a digital clock with the hands on it. He goes, grabs it, throws it on the ground, and just starts jumping on it and stomping on it. And he's like, <laughs> I came out here to have fun. And now you can nobody tell me how long to do it for. I love that. It was awesome. I love we were that. like, oh, everybody's jaw just dropped. And all the production guys are just, they're like shaking their head going, yeah, we pretty much need something like that's going to happen because, you know, it was Neil, you know. <laughs> it was so funny, though. He just stomped on that clock. And I think he actually threw it out to somebody in the crowd. It was in pieces. Though. It was hilarious. Dude, it's so funny because you always hear, like, you know, Johnny Cash kicking out the footlights and all these different people that do different things, like stomping on a clock. Yeah. That don't happen today. Like No, everybody's too worried about impressing somebody to get or, a fan. Or, or they're worried you know. about getting in trouble. They're, I mean, they're so worried about, well, I can't piss off this executive because well, see, man, do, that's where my what I do is is so different. I guess it's old school because I. It's not that I'm trying to piss anybody off. No, I'm definitely not. I'm there to have fun, and the majority of the people that come see me kind of know that if they've seen me before, they come back because they want to see me pick mm -hmm. on somebody or give somebody a hard time or change the lyrics, yeah. you know, or whatever. When I first came to town, um, like other musicians to get like, oh, can't you just sing the song? You know, they'd, they'd be like, can't you just do it right? You know, quit fucking around, you know? Right. And I'd be like, yeah, I could, but how freaking boring and miserable be is bored that? With my yeah. job. Oh my God, dude. So I tried that. I tried that for like a few weeks when I first came to town because somebody had said like, yeah, hey man, you need to be on straight and narrow. You know, this is blah, 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 blah. And once I started figuring out like, this is a bar scene, man. Everybody comes here to get drunk and have fun. And that's what we're going to do. So the first few weeks I tried to be, you know, like just, okay, here's, we're going to sing this mm -hmm. song next and blah, blah, blah. I was so miserable, dude. I didn't even want to play down there. I, I was like, I can't do this. I got to be me all the time. Last night at dinner, we sat in this place and I won't, I won't name the, the place or, or the band, but 
before every song. Hey, is there any ACDC fans? And then they'd play an ACDC song. <laughs> hey, is there any Kid Rock fans? And then they'd play a Kid Rock song. Is there any ZZ Top fan? And I was just like, oh, this sucks. You know what's funny? We used to pick on people when, when these guys think they're really rocking you know, a crowd. And, they'd, and then after every third song, they'd have to say, y'all having a good time out there? No, Somebody you sh- say, hell yeah. You know, you or, should know, or somebody shout, or make somebody scream. That uh, God, my skin crawls when I hear somebody say, "Somebody scream!" Me too, because rodeo announcers do it all the time. Oh yes. my, it's the most oh. annoying thing I can I can imagine anybody saying, "Somebody scream!" If you have to Tell ask somebody, them to yeah. scream, that's like saying, "Can somebody applaud, please?" Yeah, <laughs> can somebody pretend you like me? Just give me thirty seconds. Oh my to pretend God, you like I hear me. guys do that time. Somebody scream! I'm uh. like. I'm going to scream and I'm going to say, no. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so bad. So but we used to bad. laugh because um, actually one of old Neil's uh, old bass players used to say that all the time. We'd, if we did a side gig or something, we'd do it as a band. And he would do that. He'd be like, uh, and I'd imitate him. He'd be like, y'all having a good time? Y'all having a good time? Like every three songs. And we'd just be like, if you got to ask them if they're having a good time, they're probably not having a good time. Yeah, it's probably you know? not that fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, just picking on him. But, um, you know, when, when, you're, uh, when you're entertaining, you know, there's people who they, they, what they worry about, okay, I got to be nice the whole time or I got to gain fans or whatever. And trust me, everybody wants to have fans. Everybody wants right. to have people like them. You don't want to piss anybody off. But, but if somebody gets mad at a joke I say or something I do, they're just going to have to get over it because it, first of all, it wasn't intentionally trying to be mean to you. Right. I wasn't trying to uh, make you feel bad about yourself. It's freaking jokes. It's like watching Don Rickles at a roast. People have called me Don Rickles of, of Nashville or Don Rickles of country music. Cause they come in and I just roast people, you know, and, and most of the time people have a good, a good sense of humor about it. They will, they'll laugh at themselves about it, you know, and, a lot of t- like there was t- two guys that were there last night at the gig and they seemed a little feminine, you know, and it, that's the best word to use, I yeah, think. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of, you know, hey, guys, and I was picking on them and they were older dudes and they tipped us and bought us drinks. And, and, and all of a sudden they, they were your great, biggest fans. They had a great time because you were picking on them. And, yeah. and and it's funny because the people we were with was like, oh, he didn't just go there. Oh, no. And I was yeah, like, oh, like, yeah, he oh, went there. Yeah. yeah, he went there. And 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 at first glance. You could see those guys go, is he making fun of us? And then they were like, hell yeah, he's making oh, fun yeah. of us. Let's he's go. Totally making fun Let's of us. Let's party. Yeah. And they had the biggest time ever. Yeah. I liked it when you bought the the, the guy who couldn't stay awake a shot. <laughs> you know, I, I had forgot about that until I saw my tab and I was like, what the? I didn't. Dr- oh, that's right. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Those guys from Norway, that dude was sleeping the whole time, standing up. He couldn't I was keep hilarious. his eyes open, but he was trying. Oh, he was he was trying so hard not to throw it. When and out of the shot, kindness dude. of your heart, you said, here, I'm going to go ahead and just put you down. Let's have one more shot. Here's, here's that bullet, son. You, but you, you don't you don't pick on people. You don't try to piss people off. You don't know. But you do. You're, you're, this is where we're the same. I don't care if I make you mad, but if I genuinely, like if I hurt you right. and it's genuine and justified and I messed up, right. then that bothers me. Definitely. Me too. I'm the same way. If somebody leaves there and let's say they email the club or if, right. or they, you know, somebody gets a feedback about something at a show or something and they'll say, you know, so-and-so, 
uh, was, you know, like, they're really upset that you said this and that. And I'd be like, look, it was a joke, you know? And they're like, yeah, but they don't know that. And then, so then I'll go through whatever steps I have to go through. Say, hey, hey, you know, hey, look I, I did not mean yeah. to, to upset you, you know, it's all in humor. So, you know, just don't let that get to you. Cause first of all, who am I to, to let you affect your life that right. I'm not that yeah. big of a person that, you know, so usually I try to smooth it over if I can, but, but like the people that get mad, like, um, one time, this this these two ladies were on their phone the whole gig, and I was poking fun, changing the lyrics of the song, and everybody in the club was laughing about it. Yeah. So when they when they were getting ready to leave, I said, "Well, you know, thanks a lot for traveling all the way to Nashville to, just to get on your phone. You know, maybe the services, but you know, whatever." I was right. joking with them. Right. But at one point in the night, I said, "Um, I was trying to talk to them, and they were just kind of ignoring me." I said, "Well, I bet parties at your house are really fun." They got so offended and butthurt by that that they had to email the club and send them a thing saying, we were so offended. Your your singer that night was just, you know, an asshole and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're the asshole, first of all, for coming and sitting on your phone through our whole gig. You know, and I've told people, if you give me the chance to entertain you, you'll be entertained. But you got to get off your phone, and that's the biggest, rudest, freaking thing. It's respect. It goes back to respect. That is like a slap in any any performer's face to me. Get off your damn phone. Absolutely. What the hell did you come for? Why'd why'd you bother? So that's one thing. When I do comedy shows or when I do music shows, I zero in on those people, and I do. That's the first people I pick on. Yeah. And some of them will just laugh, like, oh, they'll be like, oh, I'm looking you up on the internet. I said, well, then fine, then go ahead and buy my song while you're on there, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's all in good fun. Well, those people were so mad, and you know what I said? Screw them. Who cares? I don't care if they're mad or not. Now, if somebody was really like, you know, got up, you know, my daughter was dying at home. I was checking on her on the phone right. the whole time. Then, then I'd be like, bad. oh, God, I'm, you know, geez, I didn't know. But at the same time, go sit in the back of the bar instead of the front table or, if that's you're going through that. Or, or, or why would you be in a bar? Yeah, why would you be in a bar? Exactly. To get to the airport. So you get what I'm wherever. saying. Yeah. But yes, I do. I do feel the same way. If if I genuinely feel like, dang, you know, I screwed up. I will try to make it right because I'm not out there to try to piss anybody off. Well, when I first it's started, good especially when I first started announcing, you know, I, I, I always felt like, uh, first of all, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I, I didn't, right. you know, this is not something that like I just thought. There's not like a training ground. Right, exactly. Like yeah. there's not a guideline. There's not a, a study book well, to and tell me how to do everybody this. Everybody in your thing has to be your own person. Supposed too, to be. You know. Supposed to be. There's a lot of people that try to imitate others. But oh, yeah. I didn't ever want to do that because I was like, well, why would I want to? do what's the whole so point of being so self-employed yeah is to be I, wa- yourself. <laughs> I want to be me yeah. like i want to be me and so i would say things and so you're still working on that right yeah i'm still yeah, working okay. I, hey but it, <laughs> truth be told i work on that shit every day every I day i feel like you know if you're gonna be good at what you do you work on you it every grow day. every day man i do yeah and so i remember especially like you know when i was first starting and i i didn't and not that i have a resume built up now or that I'm anybody special, but I think I can get away with a little bit more. Sure. Than, well, you do, you do build, but nobody, nobody knew who I was. And every once in a while I'd say something and it'd be kind of off kilter. And they'd be like, Hey, we got a letter about something you said at such and such. And my immediate response was, what was your attendance? What? How many people were there? 6,000. Okay. How many letters did you get? Well, just this one. Okay. Right. Then 5,999 people thought it was a damn good show. Don't yeah. bother me with that one letter. Exactly. Unless, you know, like you said, unless they had something that really hit on the heartstrings and I touched a nerve yeah. that really, but if they're just Man, being a bitch, it's so funny I don't you care. bring that up because I just went through that, that same thing here in, in Nashville and your dog's getting sick. Yeah. I, I thought that was, I thought that was Brad. <laughs> <laughs> He's finally burping up the, probably getting that hairball out from last night. Yeah. Those guys. Why's <laughs> he got peanut butter around his lips? Stop. Anyway. Oh, that's, what's, what's this chocolate doing? 
I love how we go from so serious wow. to all of a sudden we're, we're in the fifth well, grade. Well, it's not serious. So, but you know what? I was going to say, it's a blessing this guy's what happened to me because that's exactly what happened. Um, it's like, you know what? If what I did affected uh, business on the venue or business on my end, then I'd say, hey, okay, I need to eval- reevaluate what I'm doing here. But you know what? I'm never out of work, man. Right. I work my ass off. Yep. And I've actually taken a step back and taken a few things, a few days off, and I'm loving it. It was quality of life. Yes, because you still, you know, you work, 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 because you want to, you want to, you know, you want to pay the bills. You want your kids to have good stuff. You want your wife to have good stuff. You want your family to be comfortable. And then you get to the point where, like, you know, me and Aaron Tippin were talking about this the other day. You get to the point Hang where, on, like, let me pick up that name you just dropped. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a big name, son. <laughs> That's a legend right there. That's my buddy. <laughs> no, but we were talking about it because you know he did the same thing. He's like, man, I ran so hard for so many years, and it's time for me to just go fly my airplanes now. I just want to have fun and live life. And I'm like, you know, uh, he kind of had a little health scare, and n- nobody knows about that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it kind of made him reevaluate. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take some time and and have some fun for Aaron Tippin now instead of you know. And, you know, dude, I did the I, same I, thing. I was like, man, you totally need to enjoy yourself, man. You've worked your whole life for what you've got. Yep. Enjoy it now. I did the same thing and it, and it happened here. I thought I thought I was dying in a hotel room in Nashville one time. I you know, I had that. a big, yeah. big scare. Like, yeah, that stuff I gave you really, really. Yeah. You it know, did, it had a different effect than what I thought it would. It, it didn't help me <laughs> I sleep. Gonna, I thought <laughs> it would give you the runs for a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> didn't help Don't. me sleep like you said it would. But yeah, no. <laughs> and then I, I spent and, and not a lot of people know this, but I spent a week in a hospital here in Nashville. And and I came out on the other side going, you know what? Maybe maybe you ought to start having a little bit more fun, and so now it's funny because my parents get so pissed off at me because I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna detour and I'm gonna be in Florida for the next three days, or yeah. I'm gonna lay over in Vegas today or whatever. Right. They're like, how how are you doing? If I don't do that, and I I purposely when I started this, I said I'm gonna go as hard as I can, as long as I can, because when uh, I get married, if 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 I ever get married and have kids, like just haven't met the right guy I wanna, yet. I want to yeah. be able to slow down. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not ever gonna have to slow down, so I can just keep going and going and going. But hey, I tried to hook you up last night, but those guys left. You didn't chase me. <laughs> uh, no, well, there's a point where you have to hit it hard. You got to make hay when the sun's out, you know, and you have to do that. But then you get to a point where, you're like, okay, I've been bailing hay for quite a while now. I think I'm gonna take a day off the farm, you know. And you just go, yeah. And man, I'm loving having those extra couple days. But it at shows, home, dude. The time that you're taking away, <laughs> it shows because last night you could tell you were having fun and and that's the exactly right, brother. Quality of performance is a direct relation of your quality of life. That's exactly right. And I would tell my wife, you know, there you know, there'd be days where I'm just going, oh, I do not want to go sing today." But then I'd get there and I'd want to, you know, because I love to do it. But there was, you know, days that man, it'd take a Mack truck to pull me out of this house to to go do it and even even road gigs you know with the artist guys you know it's like man i'm gonna be gone all freaking weekend again and i'm gonna miss my daughter's prom or i'm gonna miss this or i was like god i just want to be home you know so when when you feel like you're rested and, and and that's actually exactly what i told my wife the other day i said you know what i'm gonna take a few of these days off i'm gonna i'm just just be home more and i'm gonna do the gigs i want to do and because they're, they're pleasurable for me surrounded by people that i want to be surrounded by and and uh be, get to be me and do my thing yeah. and you're right it shows because i look forward to going to work you know we were talking about it earlier you know it doesn't matter though the worst days we've ever had 
Like if we had to go to work that night, there's something about that two hours or whatever it is that that it's easy. I'm I'm and you you talked about it earlier about being confident and, and not always being as confident. But when I get to work, I'm more confident there than I've ever been. Sure, because I'm so insecure and I'm so shy and reserved. It's in my so real weird life. That you say that, but I know because yeah. I've seen it. I've, yeah, I've seen you like you yeah. know just walking around downtown last night. Play, yeah, last You're night so I reserved, there. you know and. And then when I see you at, at your shows doing your thing, like, hey, yeah, this is Matt West. Well, because you don't talk that Jeff way. Jeff Hyde, almost. I'm though. like, hi, this is Matt West, and I'm here to <laughs> these big bulls. <laughs> but I, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. And, and like, it's funny, because we were talking before we started doing this podcast, and you're talking about, man, I, I hate seeing certain things and inter, inter, you know introducing you. But right now, you're totally in your element. Yeah. And you're totally It's fun. And you're fine. Yeah. And it's probably because none of us are wearing pants. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Brad Pete on it. Yeah, and, so I, I, and he's I, got I, peanut butter. I'll get the clean <laughs> Can you hand me that paper towel? Um, Damn boy. Damn boy. <laughs> okay, so you hear the dog back there. <laughs> manscaping, dude. It's called manscaping. Good Lord. I didn't on, have time. Yeah, he touched on something, all right? <laughs> His hands are free of peanut butter now. You played for Neil. You played for, you know, you're playing with Tippin now. You played for Singletary. You played with Colin Ray. Like, who uh, do you? Tracy Lawrence, uh, Craig Morgan. Uh, did a little stint with uh, Kevin Sharp. Yeah, I think of who else, but nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, wow. But me, yeah. nice job. That's actually pretty true. I, I, I <laughs> was did funny. a handful of the. Do you have no, a I favorite? Played, do I have a favorite Tampin? Yeah, yeah. Um, Enjoying. I did play with Gerald Worley, and me and him were pretty good buddies too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is. Uh-oh. So I've got a Daryl Worley story. I hung out in an alleyway in Nashville with Daryl and uh, Vance here. That, Speaking that's of not having any story. pants on. <laughs> yeah, what were you doing? If, 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 matter. if you're talking story. a Daryl Worley story, it's going to be a drinking story. Oh, I guarantee oh. it. I guarantee that that guy, man. It's so funny because, like, I you you know, I'm a huge country music. Oh fan. yeah, man. Have been my whole life, and and it's crazy to be around you and see the guys. Like I that first album that Daryl Worley came out with, you know, yeah. worked all week. God, oh have yeah, fun. and and I, I think would that was listen. the first one though. That was the second album. Yeah, but but that song I was so hooked on everything he did. And then you like, know what's funny? Let me stop you. I used to do that song every night in the club because I love Tennessee River Run. Right. Right. So when I started playing with them, they did a whole different version. It was like a funked up. Like, oh, it was you know the song Dixie Chicken by uh Bunked, um. What the hell's the name of that group? Uh, it's a Southern rock group. They totally Southern fried that song. And he was like, isn't this cool? And I was like, man, I was like, no. I was like kind of hanging my head going, no, I'm so used to liking it the other way. I said, no, I, I just really don't enjoy playing it like this. And I told him that. And he's like, what? I said, man, the original version's killer. Why so would you good. change? Yeah, I was like, I played that song every night. And that's what's funny about half the artists I worked for. I grew up singing their stuff, covering their stuff in the bar. So when I get the gig, I'm like, I already know half the songs. <laughs> yeah, you know, what <laughs> I so, yeah, I know I know half the stuff already. But um, no, as far as a favorite, man, I, I don't know if, if it's just because uh, me and Aaron have gotten such a like friendship. Like yeah. we're more buddies than anything. Like. Right. We go. We meet for lunch. We, we we hang out. He comes. He came to the house for New Year's Eve here. You know. I mean, it's like we're. I don't even look at him as a boss, but I still have that respect for him right. as a boss. Like when we go to work, I'm like, yeah, Aaron. Aaron's the boss. I'm the side guy. But at the same time, we go work out together and we bust each other's balls about stuff. You know. And yeah. he gives me a hard time, and then you know I do the same thing to him on the bus and on stage. And did he ever find that? 
Did he what now? Did he ever find that? Because I know for a long time he was looking for his blue oh, oh angel. Oh, angel. Uh, yikes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a really good singer. Uh, uh, we're talking about delivery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm not trying to get up on no stand-up stage anytime soon. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing of his is that meme where he's standing he's standing with his arms crossed and uh, somebody made a meme that said, uh, this just in, Aaron Tippin says, yes, there is something wrong with the radio. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the bro country out right now. Oh, it's so awesome. I love that. That's funny. Yeah. I, I love the old photo of like him in the gym and he's got oh, like the, Mickey the Mouse? shorty short shirt yeah. shorts and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, he was pumped back then dude. He still is. He's, he's pretty ripped. He's still in good shape. Yeah, he's man. still ripped. Well, you just came out to that show and we played in Oklahoma and yeah. hung out on the bus Pulse. with us and stuff. Yep. And uh you know this for a fact. He's just a down home everyday yeah. real country band yeah. i mean country boy and then vegas I mean, he, you guys come to vegas too yeah 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 come over to my deal in vegas. And this is how cool aaron is so i started doing these comedy um shows with uh this guy chad prather and we had a show uh i had a show with aaron mm-hmm. in vegas during the nfr and then i had a comedy show so i was telling aaron about it and he was like he's so supportive of me to do this thing and so we started talking i said uh i said man i wish you could stay and and because our show with aaron was on wednesday and my comedy thing was on friday I said, man, I wish you could come to the show. And I was like, man, I would love to. I think, let me see if we can change plans and I'll stay and I'll fly my wife out. And so we made this whole week yeah, just a party and we hung out and he took us to dinner every night. I mean, he just he's just that guy. Yeah, He's like, if you're going to sit at a table with me, I'm buying. That's just him. He's the gracious, most gracious dude I ever met. Um, so then he said, uh, I said, so we just sitting there brainstorming, drinking wine together on the bus one night. I said, you know, it'd be really funny. I said, I do this little montage of all the artists that I've worked for during the show and kind of do impersonations of it and everything. And, and he said, oh, dude, it'd be fun if you started singing. I come out from behind you, you know, on stage and kind of flex my arms and kind of look at you like you're doing it wrong, you know? And yeah. so that's what we did. He stayed and did that during the show. And it was so funny. It was so cool. And it was like all these people were going crazy because it was Aaron Tippin out there, you know, behind me standing there. And, and it was fun. But that's the kind of guy he is. He's and just. What's, what's cool about that guy is he wants you to be a success. Yes. He wants you to be that's a star. Exactly right. He wants you to have the spotlight that you deserve. And, and, and we talk about this all the time because I'm a firm believer in if. If you don't want to see other people succeed and better yourself, then screw you. Like, yeah, you're, and there um, are other artists that get intimidated, you know, by by other either guys in the band that get if they get a little more attention, you know, than somebody or something like that, you know, then they right away like I, they'll you know try to hey hey man you need to you need to stop. You know, I'm a huge Dirk so Bentley fan, huge <laughs> Dirk Bentley fan. Um, you know, that's I know. I uh, guess we're running out of time, guys, and we're just <laughs> no. Come- but listen. <laughs> And I went somebody to somebody called the five oh five oh. We were in we uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the country music Dirks used to do and and the bluegrass stuff. Yeah. But I went to see Dirks one time and the opener was Eric Church. And oh, really? then, yeah. And and it was like it was crazy because Eric came out and did his thing and then Dirks came in behind him and it was just the energy level was totally different. Oh yeah. And I, I think about that all the time and I'm like I I don't think he held that guy back. You know, I think you've sure. got to be you've got to be happy. If a guy comes in before you, and and kills it, yeah. then you've got to come in with the attitude of either one, you step your game up yeah. to try to be even better, or two, be so stinking proud that that guy's doing it as good as he is. That yep. if you, you know, if you can genuinely be confident in your own career or in your own self, and then when somebody does that, you know, is either good, equally good or better, and be happy for them. That that's when you know you're dealing with good people right there, and that's how Aaron is. You know, like it's funny because the first time I played with him, uh, and I left to to go. I think I was 
to go with another artist or something. He's like, dude, you don't even need us, man. You're an artist yourself. You, right. you need to be out there doing it, you know? And, and obviously it's like, well, it's not, a, it's not as easy as just going to, you know, being an artist, you know, I do what I can, but, but he was like, man, what are you doing being a side guy? And I'm like, well, I enjoy that too, you know, and I like working with these guys, you know, whoever I worked with, but, but, um, he's just a good dude, man. And he's, he's a good friend. I can honestly, out of, you know, all the people I can say, you know, and, and Neil, Neil was a good, uh, I can say he's my friend too, you know, um, and Worley, man, he's, you know, go hunting on his farm when we can, you know, and we meet up when we can, he lives like three hours from here now, but, um, we text each other, you know, when we can, but it's those kind of guys, you know, and there's, there's other, other artists, I won't mention their names, but there's other artists that I just never made a connection with. Right. And, you know, they, they come out and it's like, they're either just there to do their thing. They don't really care to hang with the band or vibe or whatever, you know, and, and sometimes they're just too busy to do that and that's fine. But sometimes, you know, it's like you say, Hey, good morning. You get up on the bus. Good morning. And they just go, Oh, Hey, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, yep. that's me at work. And I, if I can't have a relationship with everybody out there, that's including the bus driver, including the, yep. the artist, that's me. I, I just I, I'll sit at home, man. I love the guys that put up the arena. I love the guys exactly. that load the bulls, that bring the bulls. I love the guys I work with. Uh, the sports medicine get like everybody's on the same playing field. Man, it's funny you say that. Um, I learned a long, long time ago. Actually, part of being out with Neil, I learned. I'd always when I got to catering. Yep. I would be mess, you know, joking around with all the women in there or whoever was serving, you know, and most of its time it's, you know, it's women staff that volunteer to serve, you know, whatever. Joke around with them. Then the stage guys, the guys rigging the stage or or the sound guys that are there or whatever. I I would hang out with everybody. I wouldn't Same. sound check and then leave. I'd be out there hanging out with everybody. And it paid off because when I'd be with a different artist somewhere, we'd go to Oregon somewhere and I'd come off the bus and and the people that at the at the venue there would be going, Hey Vince, hey, remember yep. me from last year or whatever? 100%. You know? And it's like, so I kind of know people all over the United States just from hanging. People you know? in your business are very similar to people in my business. And they forget sometimes that every single human being you come in contact with is on the exact same even playing field that you are. Like and I don't says, care if you're cleaning toilets. The same way. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. care if you're cleaning toilets or you're handing a billion dollar check to somebody else to cash for you, you're, you're equal. And if you don't understand yeah. that, then... Well, off. there are people beneath me, but uh, I just well, don't, yeah, I don't obviously. surround myself with them anymore. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that our cue to leave? <laughs> is that our cue to get out of here? No, no, you know what I'm saying. No, um, that's definitely true. It's like it's funny when people go to a concert; they have no idea how many people worked the night before or all that day to make that concert happen. And then the artist is like, "Yeah, this concert's about me." You know how many freaking people, you know, put that show together? But at the same time, if it wasn't for that artist. Half those people wouldn't have had a job that day. That's too. right. So they're it's actually grateful. It goes both yes, directions. Exactly. They're grateful for the artists to come, and they're like, "Thank you guys so much for coming and doing a show." Speaking of going both directions, you got new music coming out. Oh, where's that dog? You're working on yes. some new stuff. Yes, man. I'm actually um, very close to. So I put a single out, um, which I love. Not this last March, but the friggin' March before. Really? And yeah, it's been a year. Really? Yes. And the whole plan was four months later to release an EP, right? Yeah. So actually at the time I was working with uh, Daryl Worley and I said, man, I've, I've kind of got this, you know, the writer I'm working with, she really thinks she can make something happen. We can do something with this song. So all this stuff was blossoming up, you know? And, and so I told Daryl at the time, I said, Hey man, I think I just, I need to focus on me, you know? And not, and he's like, hell yeah, man, you totally got my blessing. You, mm -hmm. you go do what you got to do. So that was the plan, you know, so we was writing more songs. We were, you know, 
trying to put this thing like, okay, let's get an EP out in like, you know, three to four months was the, was the, was the plan. And then half of the things that we had um, really put our hope into as far as promotion, distribution, you know, dis- distribution, um, management, like all these other things that we had, you know, the worm on the hook, you know, nothing freaking everything blew up, nothing panned out. So here I am back at square one. Now I don't have a gig, you know, and then next thing I know, uh, my buddy Aaron calls me up and says, hey, man, uh, uh, can you come out and sub a few gigs with me? Just come out and play guitar. My guitar player left. And, or maybe it was, yeah, I was a guitar player. And I said, yeah, man, you know, I just, uh, I just, you know, I left Daryl. I'm not working with him right now. So I'm, my whole plan was to get this record going. And I said, he's like, well, you, you still do that, you know, still do that around, around your schedule and then come out and play with me when you can. So I was like, yeah, I'll come out and fill in some gigs. And then uh, started, so I went out and fill in some gigs. We, was, we were doing more right and we were trying to figure out how to get this EP happening. And um, next thing you know, Aaron's like, well, man, I got all these dates that got all these dates. I'm like, yeah, I might as well do them, you know, I might as well do them with you. And so, like a year later, you know, summer goes by, and it's like, hey, when, how's the how's the music coming? People ask me, how's the music coming? I'm like, well, I haven't been home. Right. I haven't been home right. to to record. I haven't been home to to get with the producer or write. Mm-hmm. And you know, so then I was stuck. I had like three songs done. That was it. And and uh, when I say done, I mean written, and then bass bass tracks recorded, not fully mixed or fully mastered or anything like that. So, um, so time just got away from me, man, and. Next thing I know, I'm like, God, I need to finish this this EP, finish this songs, and so I got my producer, and, and and not only that, my producer plays, uh, he plays in the Toby Keith band, so he was gone all the time. Between me being gone all the time and him being gone all the time, and just honestly, you get to the point where you hear so many no's, you get so many, uh, this ain't gonna happen now, this ain't gonna happen. You kind of go, well, screw it, you know. I just focus on something else. So you go through that little bit of a phase of kind of like, uh, well, maybe nothing's gonna happen or whatever. So you kind of go through that, but but then, um, so my creative juices weren't really flowing that great either, you know. And then I'm trying to trying to sit down and write, f- trying to force myself to write, and then nothing comes to your mind, and you got your mind on so many other things. So it just wasn't happening. But I, you know, everything happens for timing is everything for me, mm-hmm. and I think that taking as long as it did, it's it's like I said, it's been a year, but it's getting really close. We should have something out. I th- I'm hoping by next month. Man, I'm, um, I'm so excited because you let us kind of listen to it a l- little earlier, and and yeah, the single the-, the, the single that you've got out, I love. Cool, and, man. and I've Thank got I've got our our PBR guys. You know, Brad, that's here. He does music for the yeah, PBR. Yeah, yeah. So all all of our guys have it playing. That's awesome. And man. so it's in the rotation. It's in it's man, it's country music. Like, well, I got a new song. Hopefully that you guys can throw into the mix over there too. Yeah. It's a little little summer song kind of thing called the uh, flip uh, flops. And uh, I think uh, pe- people that uh, <laughs> I don't even have it memorized. That's how new this thing is. Otherwise, I'd play a little bit for you. But um, uh, this thing is so catchy that we we put like a little tidbit. We were in the studio one day. I put a little thing on Instagram or something on mm-hmm. Facebook, and I was getting messages that day like, when, "Where can we buy this song?" I'm like, "It's not even done yet," you know. So we're pretty excited about it. Hopefully, it'll still garner some attention from somebody. It'd be good. Put it out in about a month. That's perfect for like. That's about what it's probably gonna take. You know, perfect for like summertime. What sucks a- is so once we get it all done, mastered and everything, which you know people don't really re- understand. Like, why can't you just release it now? You know. So then you got to upload it to a, a certain company that, that distributes to Amazon, Google Play, you know, iTunes, all this other stuff. They have an approval thing, like a time limit. It's like six weeks before they say, yeah, okay, it can be on there. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is you got to pay for them to 
put it on there anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, why can't you just put it on tomorrow? Right. But there's not. It's like a time frame. And then to get hard copies of it, that's a good four to six weeks as well to get you know all your CDs back, get them all pressed, get them all back, get the artwork done. It's, there's so much crap that goes into just, why can't people just hear my music, you know? But that's how it's got to happen. So that's why I say a month is about oversheating that. Well, if they come to Nashville, they can't hear your music. They can. Or if they- Or if they catch, book me. Yeah, or, or if they catch you on social media and find that you're going to be close to their- to their place they can yeah definitely and i have a website www.vincemoreno.net that m-o-r people avoid e-n-o. i think yeah m-r-e-n-o and uh i still get everyday messages hey where are you playing are you playing today hey are you, <laughs> you it's pl-? become such a running joke that like oh. i'll do it i'll, I'll oh yeah I'll and know. people do it now just to grind my gears you know <laughs> they'll be like oh i'll post it. hey i'm playing today at so-and-so and they'll be like oh you playing tonight I'm like, but if you son. can't take it don't dish it out <laughs> i can't take it <laughs> it's so funny it's funny though he's so I, you're so good at like telling people where you're gonna be and like oh, hey this is where i'm gonna be day. today and i'll see it and i'll tell brad hey we're gonna go to we're gonna go to crossroads tonight at seven text events hey vince are you, are you playing anywhere tonight just, just, just oh i know i got our road manager with tip and does the same thing he'll be like you playing today like on my post are you playing today hey you playing tonight you know where are you playing like uh, man you know you can post about it you can post every single detail the address the phone number the you know latitude and longitude you can post what songs you're gonna play and somebody will message you and be like hey do you do this one song and are you playing today and can you do it tonight or whatever you know like yeah uh, yeah, yeah. We've talked a lot about joking and everything, but you know, and about the the comedic side of what what you're doing now and everything. But yeah. man, like I and you know, like I love to come in there and and ask you or beg you to do like hell or high water. You oh know, yeah, I didn't even Grant do that. Brown, night, did or, no, you didn't, uh, and it pissed me off. But well, you did, but you did your song. Put that in the file. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get in line. I'm writing a letter. <laughs> I'm writing a letter to the club. But like you, yeah, it's it's incredible how talented you are, and Thanks, I mean man. that genuinely. Well, it's kind of funny because like you know, Aaron, we were talking about one day, and he's like, "What's cool about you is is you can you can take a song and just." Screw it all up and, and it'd be funny. Yeah. And then the next song you do, he's like, you'll just rip freaking some high vocal out or something, you know, and it's a meaningful song or whatever. So it takes these people on a roller coaster like, oh, God, this guy can really sing. And but wait, he's going to be funny again, you know, yeah. whatever. And so, I mean, that's kind of what I love to do. I, I've I, watched a room just laugh their ass off. And the very next song, their jaws were on the ground because of his vo- and I yeah. mean that like because because yeah. of his vocals like he's so good really good thanks man I but I just I love what I do and hopefully yeah. it shows you know in in that sense that you're saying yeah hopefully it comes through in that in that uh, reaction that people get you know because I love making people laugh and it's like for me I, I don't feel like I have to work at making them laugh I feel like I can just just be me be and yourself people laugh. And yeah, and it's most of the time just being stupid, just being silly. People whatever. are drawn to people that enjoy their job. I'm going to go back real quick, and you're going you're gonna to hate me for this. But oh no, uh, speaking of CMA, you Fest, mean hate you more? Well, we we, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it earlier about you know uh, CMA Fest and everything. I went over to the stadium show this year, and most of the art. Maybe I shouldn't say this because I want to keep my job there at CMA uh, Fest. I but gotcha. um, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see a lot of the artists. You know, to perform at night there. Right. Right. And so we're there, and, and about two songs into this one group, I went, holy crap. These guys are genuinely, like, humble and loving what they're doing. And oh, I yeah. could, be, could be completely wrong. Right. But I, it had been a long time since I had seen somebody that I thought was having as much fun as they are. And it was a group called Dan and Shay. 
Oh, really? And I, I know it's not like those the, those girls are hot. Yeah, they, they're they beautiful. Are. They are. Yeah. But I was like, man, I don't. I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they're having so much fun. And immediately I became a fan because well, I thought, you can tell when somebody's enjoying what they do, and you can tell when somebody's forced to do it. And yeah, some of these guys that are still touring, they're a little bit older. They're like, oh, I gotta go. I got. I got a truck. I or they're pay so for. drunk that they can't. Yeah. remember the words of their song. I don't. I've never done that. I don't. I don't, no. I don't even drink when I play. So hey, speaking of playing, can you play us something? <laughs> speaking of on, drinking. On the way out, <laughs> even, even like a like a verse and a chorus or something. Can you? Yeah. Play what, do you, what do you want? You, you tell me. Let's take a call from our callers. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I really want to hear some. Uh... <laughs> it's it's amazing how well he fit into that role. I don't care. You play anything. It's funny how uh, we didn't even hear the phone ring. Oh yeah, it's, God, it's weird. We did hear the guitar slam yeah. against the table. Hey, before you start this. How do we uh, how do we find you on social media? We talked about vincemoreno.net. You know what? Everything as far as like Facebook and Instagram goes is under Vince Moreno Music. Okay. And then my website is is vincemoreno.net. So awesome. And You'll new probably, music coming out soon. Watch yeah, new music coming out soon. Um, geez, you know what? I don't even. I guess I could do the single, a part of the single, but I don't. You know, I don't. I'm really bad about writing music and then performing it or playing it uh, out. So somebody will be like, hey, do one of your songs. I'm like, ah, I don't even, because I'll write something. And, I, and honestly, the stuff that we're mixing down for this new EP, I've heard it a million times. Right. And I can't tell you the words to half of them. Yeah. It's just weird. It's like, I don't know. It's uh, it's just weird. I I hardly ever memorize the stuff that I that I do. So I don't know. I just, well, I should, I, I, it's probably not a good thing as far as promoting myself. But, but here's the good news: that's going to change because you're going to have to know all of them. Yeah. When this thing comes out, it's going to be hopefully you're going to be busy. Yeah. So, I guess I'll do a little bit of "You Live in This House," which you can get on. You can already get that. That's the single we put out, like I said, a year ago. Um, and you can get that on iTunes or Spotify or whoever. Just just so you guys know, um, the the people listening, when you stream music, the artist makes makes nothing. We don't make anything off of that, off of the music. So it's it, it's not that that's why we do it, but it is. You know, at the same time, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, well, for guy, it's a guy the way selling, you make your living. yeah, it's for guys selling newspapers for his job, and then you sell one and make a third of a penny off of it. You know, it it kind of takes the winds out of your sails. So anyway, that's why people when 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 you see artists on social media saying please stream my song download it and stream it stream the shit out of it play it every day put it on repeat on your on your you know on your phone on your tablet and then walk away if you have to because that's the only way that we get any kind of um i'll tell you like i got 60 plays let's say one week on on my song this is just an example but and like the payment for it was like you know 23 cents right for streaming it so I say that to just to just to let people know, like you know, uh, um, when we when we try to push our products on people so much, um, it's not to be annoying or anything. It's just to kind of get back what we put into it, as far as the expenses of like I'm doing this whole project on my own. I don't have a big label. I don't have you know a backer. I don't have a lot of guys will get a financial backer to travel around on a bus and all this stuff. And then then you got that weight of that debt hanging over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I don't want that, man. So. I just been, and that's why it's another reason why it's taken so long to get this done. Because I'm doing it myself, and I want to do it myself, right. as far as financial financing goes. So, but anyway, so Vince Moreno music on social media. Now, now say that in your announcer voice. Check him out at Vince Moreno <laughs> music. Yeah, social media. <laughs> 
Wow, that was really good. Been practicing. <laughs> Nightgown draped across your favorite rocking chair. Your empty coffee cup just sitting there all alone. It feels so wrong. I could swear that I just heard your voice. You live in this house, but you don't. I know I should leave, but I won't. I'm still holding on to the dream I had of you loving me. Once this house was a home, now it's just a place that you home. Oh, you live in this house, but you don't.